Chapter sixty one, part two of the Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Boleslaw Proust. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter sixty one, part two. Tutmosis spent a few days after the wedding in company with Hebron in the palace given him by his holiness. But every evening he went to the barracks of the guard, where with officers and dancers he passed the nights very pleasantly. From this conduct his comrades divined that he had married Hebron only for her dowry. This, however, did not astonish anyone. After five days Tutmosis announced to the pharaoh that he was ready to resume his duties. Thenceforth, he visited his wife only in the daytime, the nights he passed near his lord's chamber. One evening the pharaoh said to him, This palace has so many comers for watching and listening that every act of mine is noted. My revered mother is addressed again by those mysterious voices which ceased in Memphis after I dismissed the priesthood. I cannot receive, therefore, anyone in my own chamber, but must leave the palace and take counsel with my servants in a safe place. "'Am I to follow thee, holiness?' inquired Tutmosis, seeing that the pharaoh was looking around for his mantle. "'No. Thou must stay here and see that no one enters my chamber. Admit no person, not even my mother, not even the shade of my ever-living father. Thou wilt say that I am asleep, and will see no one.' "'It will be as thou hast said,' replied Tutmosis, putting on his lord a hooded mantle. Then he quenched the light in the bedchamber, and Ramses went out through side passages.' When he was in the garden, Ramses stopped and looked on all sides with attention. Then, taking bearings, he started quickly toward the via which he had given Tutmosis. After he had walked some minutes in a shady alley, a man stood before him and inquired, Who goes? Nubia, answered the pharaoh. Libya, said the inquirer, and pushed back suddenly as if frightened. The man was an officer of the guard. The pharaoh looked at him and said, Ah, this is Eunana. What art thou doing in this place? I am going around the gardens. I do so a couple of times nightly, for thieves steal in sometimes. Thou dost wisely, but remember the first duty of an officer of the guard is silence. Drive the thief out, but if thou meet a man in office, seize him not. Be silent, be silent always, even if the high priest Herhor were in question. O oh Lord! exclaimed Eunana, but command me not to do homage in the night to Herhor or to Mephres. I am not sure that my sword at sight of them would not spring of itself from the scabbard. Ramses smiled. Thy sword is mine, replied he, and it may leave the scabbard only when I give the order. He nodded to Eunana and passed on. After wandering a quarter of an hour by paths intended to mislead, the pharaoh found himself near a secret gate in a thicket. It seemed to him that he heard a rustle, and he said in a low voice, He run. A figure, also in a dark mantle, ran out, rushed at Ramses and clung to his neck, whispering, Is it thou? Is it thou? Oh, how long I have waited! The pharaoh felt that she was slipping from his embrace, so he took her in his arms and carried her to an arbor. At that moment the mantle fell from his shoulders. He dragged it for a while, but at last dropped it. Next day the revered lady Nyorts summoned Tutmosis. The favorite of the pharaoh was frightened when he looked at her. The queen was terribly pale, her eyes were sunken, and she was almost demented. "'Sit down,' said she, indicating a stool near her armchair. Tutmosis hesitated. "'Sit down!' and 
and swear that thou wilt repeat to no one what I tell thee. By the shade of my father I will not. Hear me, said the queen in a low voice. I have been almost a mother to thee. Wert thou to betray this secret, the gods would punish thee. No, they would only cast on thy head a part of those misfortunes which are hanging over my family. Tutmosis listened with astonishment. Is she mad? thought he with fear. Look at the window, continued the queen. Look at that tree. Dost thou know whom I saw last night on that tree outside the window? Could the brother of his holiness have come to Thebes? It was not he, she whispered sobbing. It was my Ramses himself. On the tree? Last night? Yes, the light of the lamp fell on his face and figure perfectly. He had a coat in white and blue stripes, his eyes were wandering, he laughed wildly, like his unfortunate brother, and said, Look at me, mother, I am able to fly now, a thing that neither Seti, nor Ramses the Great, nor Cheops could do. See what wings are growing out on me. He stretched his hands toward me, and I, unconscious from sorrow, touched his hands through the window, and his face, covered with cold perspiration. At last he slipped down the tree and vanished. Tutmosis listened in terror. All at once he struck his forehead. That was not Ramses, he said with decision. That was a man very like him, that villain, the Greek Lycon, who killed Sarah's son, and who is now under control of the high priests. That was not Ramses. This is a crime of Herhor and Mephres, those wretches. Hope gleamed on the queen's face, but only for a moment. How could I fail to recognize my son? Lycon is very like him, answered Tutmosis. This is a trick of the priests. They are infamous. For them death is too slight a punishment. Did the pharaoh sleep at home last night? inquired the lady. Tutmosis was confused and dropped his eyes. So he did not sleep at home? He did, answered the favorite with an uncertain voice. That is not true. But tell me at least, did he not wear a coat with white and blue stripes? I do not remember, whispered Tutmosis. Thou art telling untruth again. And this mantle, tell me if this is not my son's mantle. My slave found it on that same tree in the branches. The queen sprang up and brought from a case a brown hooded mantle. Tutmosis remembered that the pharaoh had returned after midnight without his mantle, and even explained to him that he had lost it somewhere in the garden. He hesitated, meditated, but at last answered with decision. No, queen, that was not the pharaoh. That was Lycon, and this is a crime of the priests which I must report to his holiness straight away. But if that were Ramses, inquired the lady again, though in her eyes a spark of hope was now evident. Tutmosis was troubled. His conclusion that it was Lycon was wise and might be true, but indications were not lacking that the queen had seen Ramses. It was certain that he had returned to his chamber after midnight. He wore a tunic with white and blue stripes. He had lost his mantle. It was true that his brother was demented, and moreover, could a mother's heart deceive her? And doubts rose in the soul of Tutmosis, intricate and involved as a nest of poisonous reptiles. Luckily, in proportion as his doubts increased, hope entered the heart of Nyorts. It is well that thou hast reminded me of that Lycon, said she. I remember. Through him, Mephres accused Ramses of child murder, and today he may use the wretch to defame his sovereign. In this case, not a word to any one of what I have told thee. If Ramses, if in truth he is subject to such a misfortune, it may be temporary. We must not humiliate him by mentioning such reports. We must not inform him. If this is a plot of the priest, we must also be cautious. 
though people who use such deceit cannot be powerful i will investigate this interrupted tutmosis but if i convince myself do not inform rameses i implore thee by the shade of thy father exclaimed the queen clasping her hands the pharaoh would not forgive them he would deliver them to judgment and then one of two misfortunes would happen either the supreme priests of the state would be condemned to death or the court would free them and then what but pursue lykon and slay him without mercy like a wild beast like a reptile tutmosis took farewell of the queen she was pacified though his fears had grown greater if that villainous greek lykon is living yet despite imprisonment by the priest thought he he would prefer flight to climbing trees and showing himself to the queen i myself would facilitate his escape and cover him with wealth if he were to tell the truth and seek protection against those wretches but whence came the mantle how deceive the mother from that time tutmosis avoided the pharaoh and dared not look him in the eyes while rameses himself acted strangely so their heartfelt relations seemed to grow cold somewhat but one evening the pharaoh summoned his favorite a second time i must speak with hiram said he on questions of importance i am going out watch here at my chamber and if any man wishes to see me do not admit him when the pharaoh vanished in the secret quarters tutmosis was seized by alarm maybe thought he the priests have poisoned him to produce insanity and he feeling that an attack is coming flees from his own palace ha we shall see in fact he did see the pharaoh returned well after midnight to his chambers and had a mantle it was not his own however but a soldier's tutmosis was alarmed and did not sleep till morning thinking that the queen would summon him again on a sudden the queen did not summon him however but during the morning review of the guard the officer eunana begged to speak with his chief for a moment when they were alone in a chamber eunana fell at the feet of tutmosis and implored the chief not to repeat what he was going to tell him what has happened inquired the adjutant feeling cold in his heart chief said eunana yesterday i saw a man running in the garden naked and crying in an unearthly voice he was brought in to me and chief slay me eunana fell again at the feet of tutmosis that naked man that i cannot tell who was he inquired the terrified tutmosis i will not tell groaned eunana i took off my mantle and covered sacred nakedness i wanted to take him to the palace but i the lord commanded me to stay where i was and be silent be silent whither did he go i know not i did not look and i did not let the warriors look he vanished somewhere among the bushes of the garden i told my men not to see anything not to hear anything that if any man saw or heard anything he would be strangled that instant tutmosis had succeeded in mastering himself i know nothing he said coldly and understand nothing of what thou hast said to me but remember one thing i myself ran naked once when i had drunk too much wine and i gave a good reward to those who failed to see me common people eunana and laborers always go naked great persons only when it may please them and if the wish should come to me or any of the officials to stand head downward a wise and pious officer should not wonder at my action i understand replied eunana looking into the eyes of his chief quickly and not only will i repeat that to my warriors but i will even go naked this night through the garden to let them know that superiors have the right to do whatever pleases them still notwithstanding the small number of men who had seen the pharaoh or his counterfeit in a state of insanity the reports of these strange happenings circulated everywhere quickly 
in a few days all the inhabitants of thebes from dissectors and water carriers to scribes and merchants whispered that rameses the thirteenth was affected with the disease which had deprived his older brothers of succession dread of the pharaoh and honor for him were so great that people feared to speak openly especially before strangers still all heard of it all save rameses but the most peculiar was this that the report went around the whole kingdom very speedily a proof that it circulated by means of the temples for priests alone possessed the power of communicating in a few hours from one end of egypt to the other no one mentioned these disagreeable tidings to tutmosis directly but the chief of the pharaoh's guard felt their existence everywhere from the bearing of people with whom circumstances brought him in contact he divined that the servants the slaves the warriors the purveyors of the court were discussing the insanity of the pharaoh and were silent only when some superior might overhear them at last tutmosis impatient and alarmed decided on a conversation with the theban nomarch on arriving at the palace of his father-in-law he found antifa lying on a sofa in a room one half of which was filled with rare plants like a garden in the centre played a fountain of water perfumed with roses in the comers of the room were statues of gods on the walls were depicted the deeds of the renowned nomarch standing near his head was a black slave who cooled his master with an ostrich feather fan on the pavement sat the scribe of the province reading a report to him tutmosis had such an anxious face that the nomarch dismissed the scribe and the slave straight away then rising from the couch he looked toward every corner of the chamber to be sure that no one overheard them worthy father of lady hebron my revered wife said tutmosis from thy bearing i see that thou divinest the subject of which i wish to speak the nomarch of thebes must always look ahead replied antifa i divine also that the commander of the guard of his holiness would not honor me by a visit for a frivolous reason for a moment they looked at each other in the eyes then tutmosis took a seat at the side of his father-in-law and whispered hast thou heard vile reports about our sovereign which the enemies of the state are spreading if it be a question of my daughter hebron replied the nomarch quickly i declare that thou art her lord to-day and canst have no question with me tutmosis waved his hand with indifference some vile persons are reporting that the pharaoh is insane hast thou heard of this my father antifa nodded and turned his head motions which meant equally that he had or that he had not at last he said stupidity is as great as the ocean everything finds a place in it this is not stupidity replied tutmosis but a crime of the priests who have in their possession a man who resembles his holiness and they make use of him for evil purposes and he told the nomarch the story of the greek lycon and his crime in Pibast i have heard of this lycon who killed the son of the heir said antifa but hast thou proof that mefres imprisoned lycon and pibast that he brought him to thebes and then he lets him enter the gardens of the pharaoh to counterfeit the sovereign as insane just because i have not proof of this do i ask thee worthiness what to do i am the commander of the guard and i must watch over the honor and safety of our sovereign what thou must do replied antifa well first of all take care that these vile reports do not reach the ears of the pharaoh why because a great misfortune would happen if our lord hears that lycon feigns insanity and pretends to be the pharaoh he will fall into a terrible anger naturally he will direct that anger against herhor and mefres maybe he will only abuse them in words maybe he will imprison them maybe he will kill them whatever he does he will do it without proof and what then 
Egypt at present does not care to give offerings to the gods, but it will take the part of priests injured without reason. And what then? Well, added he, approaching his lips to Tutmosis' ear, I think it would be the end of the dynasty. What am I to do? One thing, exclaimed Antifa, fine lichen, prove that Mephres and Herhor secreted him, and ordered him to counterfeit the pharaoh as insane. Thou must do this if thou wish to keep the favor of thy sovereign. Proofs as many proofs as possible. Egypt is not Assyria. Thou canst not act against high priests without the court, and no court will condemn them without tangible evidence. Where hast thou the certainty that some one did not give the pharaoh an intoxicating potion? That would be simpler than to send out a man at night who knows neither the watchword, nor the palace, nor the garden. I have heard of Lycon from an authentic source, for I heard from Hiram. Still, I do not understand how Lycon could perform such miracles in Thebes. But, but, interrupted Tutmosis, where is Hiram? Immediately after the wedding he went to Memphis, and in these last days he was in Hyten. Tutmosis again was in trouble. That night, thought he, when they took a naked man to Eunana, the pharaoh said that he was going to see Hiram. But as Hiram was not in Thebes, then what? Well, his holiness knew not at the moment of which he himself was talking. Tutmosis returned home dazed. Not only did he fail to understand what he was to do in that unheard-of position, but even he knew not what to think of the position itself. His conviction while conversing with Nyorts that Lycon, the emissary of high priests, had appeared in the garden, was equaled now by his doubts as to whether the Greek had been there at all. End of chapter 61, part 2